the Lord, everybody. Amen. We're going to give the Lord some praise. Amen. Just thanking him for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. Amen. We're excited that every third Sunday of the month, we have our youth who are participating in the worship service, and we are just blessed today to have Sister Natalia McMillan, amen, with us. Uh, this is the daughter of Brother Lonnie and Sister Tanya, amen, and Natalia is a sophomore at Quakertown High School, and you know she is an honor student, amen. Uh, she's a member of the Senior High Choir, and she's made the honor roll every marking period since junior high. Uh, she's skilled at digital and traditional art, uh, and she plans on pursuing a degree in computer coding, amen, when she attends college. For those who are my age, we, I'm not quite sure what all of the computer coding <laughs> is, but I believe it's a good thing, amen. So let's welcome Sister Natalia McMillan, amen, this morning, our youth worship leader. We want to welcome you to our in-person and live stream service on this blessed Sunday. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Please stand and let's praise God in song by singing together, Lord, I just want to thank you.
us pray. Oh Lord, I thank you for dying for our sins so we can see the color of your earth. Thank you for giving us freedom to think for ourselves and making us human beings worthy of love. Within our souls, you constructed different views and different colors from which we view life so we could get a chance of your oh vibrant world. A glimpse of that everlasting joy so beautiful that you so mercilessly gave your life for. And yet, we still choose violence. We stay obscured in a dark world of black and white, becoming full of hate and sin, filling your colorful world with nothing but discord. I pray that you once again bring your colors back to those who reject you, and pray that you shed light on your children who got swept up in the darkness. And please continue being that beacon of light to those who still bow to you, and allow us to follow in your vibrant footsteps until the day our eyes meet in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Our responses reading this morning will be selection 549, God's Provisional Care. He that dwelleth in his secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that fleeth by day, nor from the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee upon their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I satisfy him and shew him my salvation. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Congregational hymn number 79 at the cross.
the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. What a mighty God, church, that we serve. Amen. We want to thank our youth worship leader this morning, Sister Natalia McMillan. She did an awesome, awesome job. Amen. Natalia came in ready to go, amen, and put together a beautiful prayer, Natalia. Just awesome, beautiful prayer. Very appropriate for the days and times that we are living in, amen. If we would just listen to that prayer and put that prayer into practice, we, our whole world will be a lot better than what it is right now. Amen. We want to extend a hearty welcome to each of you, those of you who are here in person, as well as those who are watching by live stream. Amen. Thank God for live stream. You know, when we had the pandemic, uh, you know, that's one of the new things that kind of came into play uh, where people began to really use it and uh, they are still using it. Listen, live stream is going to be here from here on in. Amen. And so we st certainly encourage you when you can to come in and, and be with us uh, in person. If you cannot make it, then listen, we are certainly glad to have you uh, for today. We want all of you to remember as we have in this new year. Matter of fact, I think spring starts tomorrow. Amen. Uh, now, truly, as they say, that March comes in like uh, a lion, right? And it goes out like a lamb. So as we are going uh, today, we still got the lion phase going on with this cold. Uh, but tomorrow, matter of fact, I ain't checked the temperature tomorrow, but I, I'm sure it's warmer <laughs> tomorrow than it is for today. So certainly we give God praise and glory and honor. But we want you to remember our church theme, amen. We want to just drill it into your mind, into your thoughts, that we are together in Christ, amen. That's right in line with that prayer that we have. We are together in Christ, amen. We are one creation that God has made, and so we are grateful and thankful for that. Uh, we want to remind you of our Christ and cultural humility uh, journey that is coming up. Our next session is going to be next Sunday, amen. So uh, we have representatives from our Christ and cultural humility group, amen. And we're happy to have the Shannons. They're going to come and, and share with us about uh, the Christ and cultural humility session for next week. Good morning, church. Good morning. Coming up next Saturday, on March 20, Sunday, I'm sorry, Sunday on March 26th, is session two of our Christ and Culture Humility program. It will immediately follow church service. A light lunch will be served and child care will be provided. As an intro, we call your attention to the following video. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one are one. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Romans 12:15. We strive to be a church that demonstrates cultural humility in each walk of life, recognizing that every one of us comes from a variety of cultural backgrounds. We propose to welcome, value, and to celebrate these differences as we strengthen our relationships with God within the church family and the community. If we insist on staying within our cultural groups and spending time only with people who look and think like us, we will prevent ourselves from discovering aspects of God's self 
that otherwise would be revealed to us. Love the Lord with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Paul put it this way, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Do we have our priorities in order? Does anxiety over the stuff of life crowd out spending time in the presence of Christ? Do we give priority to spending time in the study of Christ's teachings, devotions, and meditations? Does caregiving to others crowd out our devotional life, and do we understand the gift of hospitality and humility? Do we value the choices of others? Understanding other cultures is a lifelong journey that starts with critical self-reflection about how we interact with and respond to others. The culture humility principle aligns with the need to grow in love for God and neighbor. Dad, did you know that there are four tenets of Christ and cultural humility? What is a tenet? A tenet is a belief or principle. It is? Good job. Lifelong learning and critical self-evaluation. Recognize and change power imbalances. Developing mutually beneficial and non-paternalistic partnerships with communities. Advocating on behalf of individuals in defined populations. As a church family, our goal is to train followers of Jesus to love God, to love people, and to share Christ's message with the world. We are one. 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 Each and every one of us has our own individual story. And while we all are different, nevertheless, collectively, we are one. Session two offers us an opportunity to meet and learn more about our church members and church family. So we had a great time on the, at our last session, and we invite you to come out and join us next week. Thank you. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. amen. We want to thank the Shannons for presenting for us and setting the table for next Sunday. So please make sure that you put it on your calendar to be in person next Sunday as we get together after church and get an opportunity to really know one another amen we see each other doing services but really haven't had an opportunity to sit down and really get to know one another so we're excited and looking forward to that you know as we're moving forward uh, you know it won't be long before uh, Easter is upon us and, and that Holy Week wanted to share with our parents uh, that we have a youth Easter egg hunt that is going to take place on Saturday April the 8th at noon uh, we do need help from the parents, uh, all of our parents uh, who have uh, young children that fall within that category, uh, nursery through grade six. Uh, we're going to be reaching out to you. We need some help and assistance, amen. We need you guys to uh, help with the programming for that day. Uh, we want to provide some uh, plastic Easter eggs that are filled with candy so they can have a nice hunt and some educational material that we would like to share uh, with you, some games and some prizes there. So uh, we will be reaching out to all of our parents, amen, and if there are those in the congregation who would like to 
uh, help by uh, providing uh, some of the items that we need, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can reach out to Sister Danielle Limble. Uh, she's going to be helping with that process as well as a number of our other uh, younger parents. Amen. So we pray that you will put that on your calendar for Saturday, April the 8th. And then on uh, Good Friday, we are having a seven last words of Christ service that's going to take place here in the sanctuary. That is going to be at 12 noon. So uh, we haven't had a seven last words uh, for a while. And so we invite and encourage you to come out. Amen. We have uh, seven preachers that are going to be presenting uh, one word uh, each there that of uh, Christ's the last words. And so we want you to come out and support. So please put it on your calendar. Amen. You don't want the pastor mad at you. Amen. So make sure that you put it down. And let's get out here and let's support. Amen. We are looking forward to having a great time on Good Friday as we just think about the goodness of the Lord and what he has done for each and every one of us. Amen. Uh, you have seen our Holy Week schedule that is in our e-blast and uh, on the first Sunday of April is Palm Sunday. So we're going to have a blessing of our palms. We'll be distributing palms uh, as we start out that Holy Week and of course on Good Friday then we have our Easter, uh, Youth Easter Egg Hunt. And then on Easter Resurrection Sunday, we have a sunrise service at 7 o'clock a.m. Uh, following the service, then uh, we're going to have a breakfast at 8.30 for those who are here. Uh, and then we have a special service that we're going to have then for our 10.30 service. So please make sure that you uh, think about those things and put that on your schedule to make sure that you are here, that you participate in the areas that we have stated. Listen, this is our time to be able to give back to God and be able to say thank you, Lord, for blessing us and an opportunity to be able to give our tithes and our offerings. As you know, that there are three ways that we give here at Second Baptist. For those of you in person, there is an offertory box that is located at the back of the church. Please place your tithes and offerings there before you leave for today. Um, then there are those who are watching by live stream. You can go online, and uh, we're doing a good job of those who are or uh, watching live stream to just click on the Tobley button and to submit your tithes and offerings there, or you can mail your offerings in. So we want to say thank you. Uh, God has blessed us. Let's make sure that we give unto the Lord in a way that he has given unto us. Amen. And if we were to do so, there would not be enough room in this sanctuary to take in all of what God has truly given to us. Amen. So let's be grateful and thankful for that. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give, Lord. We ask, God, that you would continue to bless those who, uh, who gave. Bless those who had a desire to give, Lord, but had it not. Lord, we realize that everything we have comes from you. We know that it belongs to you as well, God. So, Father, we say thank you for the opportunity to give. Help us be good stewards of that which is given, that we may continue to glorify you and build up your kingdom while we are here on earth. For we ask these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You also know that each month we like to celebrate those in the congregation who have birthdays and wedding anniversaries. Amen. So uh, we want to acknowledge those that have birthdays. If you're here this morning and you have a birthday, please just stand. We just want to acknowledge and recognize you, those who, uh, for the month of March, amen, some of our March babies, amen, is starting to come up, amen. And so we are grateful and thankful. We're going to ask Pastor Paul just to lead us 
Then and happy birthday. Amen. And to me. To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday to you. May God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Praising God for another year. Amen. And then also we have uh, wedding anniversaries. Amen. And I, I see uh, some of those folk that's on that picture here today. Amen. We're going to ask if uh, Deacon Ed and Felicia, if you will stand. Amen. Thanking God for them eight years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I should have asked Ed how many uh, years it's been. But, <laughs> but what a blessing. So we want to say congratulations uh, to you both as well, praising God for his blessings. Amen. Come on, let's ask the backbench boys to come up and bless us in song. Amen. Be a blessing every day. Be 
a blessing when we pray. Be a blessing every day. Be a blessing in our living. Be a blessing in our giving. Be a blessing on our path. Be a blessing facing wrath. Be a blessing. Yes, it's true. What we have to do is be a blessing. Church family. All right. Dear Lord above, please hear our cry. Stay by our side. We need you to be our guide. The words from Walk Around Heaven. A wonderful way to start today. A wonderful way to think of where we, where we are and where we want to be. So, dear Lord, as we stand before you today in your presence, please give us the peace and patience of a mind to hear the words that our pastor will bring to us. Dear Lord, please allow us to focus on your word to hear your way. Please give us the, the patience and the will to do your will. Dear Lord, over the last week we've had so many who've had so many needs. 
and there you were. And dear Lord, as we think about today and we think about tomorrow, we think about your everlasting presence and that you are there for us to reach out to. So as we sit here today and stand here today and praise you today, please let us stand and be ready to go out and be a blessing. And let us stand and be ready to be the vision of what your servants can be. And finally, Lord, please bless our pastor as he brings the word to us and shares with us what you would have us be to know. In your name we pray. Amen. singing that song to be a blessing you know just thinking about these times in which we are living and all that is going on around us the importance of us being a blessing God blessed us so that we can bless others amen and so as we leave here today let's think about that that we need to be a blessing amen we are blessed today to be able to have Reverend John Toller, amen. He's going to break for us the bread of life this morning, amen. And just grateful and thankful for who God is and all these. I know he's given him a word, amen. So after these men, and I know they're going to do their thing, amen. Uh, let's welcome them, Reverend John Toller, amen.
Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen again. If we stumble, Lord, pick us up. Help us drink from the bitter cup and stand by us. Amen? Amen. amen. How's everybody doing today? Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house today. I have a just a little excerpt to uh, point out. Church is not dead. As my wife and I were riding up uh, here this morning, uh, one of our colleagues was contacted to preach a sermon uh, about God's other stuff. And he preached it as a guest at a church that's just a few furlong down the road. And the reason he was called on that day, they were baptizing 95 people. And the right hand of fellowship was given to 200 plus. Now, we have our own situation. The only situation I want to point out is that we want to fill these blue seats. This blue looks good, but you look better in them. You look better in them. And, and I'm not fussing at live stream. Live stream is good. It's here to stay, as Pastor has said, but we need not forsake ourselves in assembling on Sunday morning. I'm sure that as you come in on Sundays and you leave a different way, your week tends to have its ups and downs, but you have a better outlook on it, right? Amen? Amen. So with that said, let us pray. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Thank you, God, for always allowing me to lean on you when my mind is heavy. Help us to always find comfort in you when the answers 
seem so far away. Allow us to seek guidance from you before looking for answers elsewhere. Grant us wisdom so that we can make good decisions that keep us on the right track. Father, allow us to hear your word before seeking advice from others. We know these moments are meant to make our relationship with you stronger and we will stay faithful through each trial and tribulation. Amen? Amen. Amen. The special 40-day period before Easter is known as Lent. And if my math is correct, we're entering in the fifth week of Lent. It's a unique time for us to take inventory of our lives, commune more intimately with God and clear out those things that may distract us from our commitment to him. It's a special journey of transformation between winter and spring that finds its climax and turning point at Easter. For a lot of people, Lent is a season for making resolutions. They give up chocolate or sweets. <clears throat> They're going to pray more or actually go to church every Sunday. Beyond that, many of us have little understanding of what Lent is about. It is my prayer in the name of Jesus that I can help you understand and engage this season more appropriately. I want to uh, welcome some additional family members this morning. They, they got up mighty early, but they used to getting up early. Come all the way down from Hackensack, that being Grant and Christina. And they surprised, I don't know. They surprised my wife, but she, she knows things before it happens. <laughs> and, um, you know, my grandmother used to know things before it happened, but I used to say she wore a turban. So if you would be so kind as to stand with me as we engage the 15th chapter of Second Chronicles, verses 1 through 7. I'll be reading from the uh, NIV version. The Spirit of God came on Azariah, son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long time, Israel was without a true God, without a priest to teach and without the law. But in these differences, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him 
and he was found by them. In those days, it was not safe to travel about. For all the inhabitants of the lands were in great turmoil. One nation was being crushed by another, one city by another, because God was troubling them with every kind of distress. But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Let me say that again. But as you, but as for you, be strong and not give up. Your work will be rewarded. Amen? Amen. Let's turn our attention, though, to verse 2. Verse 2 kind of says, listen to me, Asa and Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Neighbor, I just stopped by to reintroduce to some and present to others the whole idea of Lent. And for the purpose of this worship experience, we are going to focus on that verse 2. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. My brothers and sisters, God desires fellowship with us. God desires to help you and me. As much as we allow him, he will bless us. Time, this, this is a glorious promise. We need fear nothing for God. We can face any problem with God, the Lord was with Adam until sin entered. The Lord was with Samson until a vow was broken. In every case, think about it, man makes the break. Man makes the break. The marvelous mystery here at church is he wants to be with us. He doesn't need us. He could exist completely, independently of us, but not we of him. Therefore, I wish to tag this text, preparing our garden for growth. I know what you see on the screen. I had to add two more words to it because the Holy Spirit said, get it right now. Get it right. As a kid, I remember when my grandfather, having a love for gardening, for him, the winter was a miserable time. He grew up in Mount Washington, a section of Pittsburgh. 
where winters were winters and hills got hard to climb sometimes. He really never came to terms with Pittsburgh winters, being the fact that he grew up in Virginia. I remember spending time with him and my grandmother and upon waking up on Saturday mornings, I would find him in their sunroom potting plants with a cup of Maxwell House coffee in one hand and the watering pot in the other. Sadly, looking out the window at his flower bed frozen over. I could only imagine that he was in the sunroom all winter either cursing the snow, and he never cursed out loud, or dreaming about the spring. He would work seven days a week, but when the ground finally thawed in the spring, he was happy. My brother and I were less than thrilled. However, because we knew the spring thaw meant work, meant yard work, and a lot of it. Between the frozen winter and the fruitful spring, there were a few weekends of hard work. The dead plants and debris had to be cleared. The soil turned over, the beds fertilized. Everything had to be prepared so the garden my grandfather had been dreaming about all winter from the sunroom would become a reality, amen? amen. Lent, Lent, like the thaw between winter and spring is a time of preparation. It's a season when we are invited to prepare the soul of our lives for growth. Although some people no longer acknowledge Lent, it is one of the most ancient Christian practices. The early church observed Lent even before Christmas became a holiday. For those of you unfamiliar with Lent, it is a 40-day period between Easter, before Easter, when we are called to take inventory of our lives, commune more intimately with God, and clear out those things that may distract from our commitment to him. In a sense, it is a season of preparing for spiritual growth. Right. To help us better understand, what this looks like. We're looking at the story of a man in the 15th chapter of 2 Chronicles who was not clearing a garden for growth, but clearing a kingdom. Asa was the king of Judah at the time when much of the nation had abandoned God. In 2 Chronicles 1 through 19, we find the story of how Asa and his entire kingdom sought God and made room in their lives for growth. Well, church, 
First thing we must do, what Asa did, he sought the Lord. The story begins with a a prophet named Azariah coming to the king with a message over and over. Azariah's message in verses 1 through 7 is the same. Seek the Lord. Seek him and you will find him. Is just a casual recommendation to the king. He is imploring him to do something, to act. Azariah's message is not wander through your life, Aza, and perhaps you'll stumble upon the Lord. And no, he is challenging Aza to be intentional. Seek the Lord. Church, are you intentional about seeking the Lord? Or is it a struggle? In the New Testament, people who are followers of Christ, those who seek him, are called disciples. The word disciple has the same root as the word discipline. A discipline is always intentional, never accidental. We don't learn the discipline of algebra by accident, for you math majors. We don't learn the discipline of music or medicine or ice skating without intending to. There must always be intention on our part first. The same is true for being Jesus' disciple. There must be intention a decision, a focus of our will to seek Christ. For many of us, especially those of us who have spent many years in the church, we can forget this. We can become passive and lackadaisical about seeking God. Lent is a time for all of us, those who have known Christ, for many years, and those who have yet to encounter him, to clarify and reaffirm our intentions. Do we desire to seek God? Will we, with intention, diligence, and discipline, seek him? Or will we just float along, hoping to stumble upon God here and there. In the winter, while my grandfather watered the plants in the sunroom, he was always thinking about the spring. He was planting his garden in his mind. When new plants, what new plants he was going to try in the shade under the willow tree, how he got the flowering vine to cover the deck and what to put in the hanging baskets. Forgive me, church. I was so excited about getting here this morning and nobody said, Reverend Toller, wear your glasses. (laughs) 
my, my, my wife taught me, take some, take some dish soap and put a couple dots on the glass. So I've been doing that lately and I left them right on the sink. <laughs> it wasn't until I came in here and spoke to Sister Lane and reached for my face and said, uh-oh. <laughs> I knew it was her. She had that beautiful hat on. I knew it was her. But let's continue. <laughs> his, his garden was the product of intention. It was no accident that just as one species of perennial was dying, the next was about to blossom. He had planned it that way. My grandfather was like that. Thank God I was named after him. <laughs> he never forgot his glasses, though. <laughs> In the same way, we do not grow spiritually by accident. We do not stumble upon rich communion with God accidentally. As Azaria's message to Aza is a challenge to be intentional, we are to seek with discipline and focus. He calls us to seek the Lord. The Bible tells us, Azarius says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. This is the fascinating part. The language here is interesting. It's better translated this way. If you seek the Lord, he will let you find him. The difference is subtle but important. Azariah is saying that God wants to be found. He wants to be taken hold of. The prophet is telling us we are seeking a God that wants to be found. Amen? Amen. My granddaughter, Layla, is one that loves to play hide and seek. Sometimes she hides, but usually the game involves hiding her eyes or a toy. Unfortunately, she doesn't yet understand the object of the game. She makes me close my eyes. That much she gets. But it's downhill from there. First of all, she always hides the object in the same place. On the steps in plain sight. No matter how many times we play, she always puts the object on the stairs. When I open my eyes, I know the object's on the stairs. But I'll pretend that I didn't see it. I look on the sofa or under the table. It's my way of trying to teach her what the point of the game really is. What I've ended up teaching Layla is that her grandfather is a complete idiot. <laughs> the moment I look somewhere else, 
for the object she says in her baby language. No, my man, is how I translate it. That's what I'm having her call me. The object isn't there. It's on the stairs. And then she rolls her big brown eyes at me. There's nothing like having your intelligence insulted by a one-year-old. I've been trying to show Layla the fund of hide and seek is the seeking. But for Layla, no matter what I try, the fun part is always the finding. Always the finding. And she, she gets that part. God wants us to seek him. But like Layla, he understands that the, the real joy is not in seeking, but in finding. He wants to be found. He has not intended the Christian life to be an impossible hunt for an elusive God that requires enormous faith. Quite the contrary. The Christian life is a simple walk to a welcoming God that requires only childish faith. The story that best illustrates our God that wills to be found is the parable Jesus tells of the lost son in Luke 15. In the story, the son rejects and abandons his father to live selfishly and wildly in a distant country. When he sees how foolish he's been, he decides to return home to seek his father, expecting his father to be furious with anger, the son is met with a surprise. When the father sees his son at a great distance, he does not wait for him to reach the house. Instead, the father, full of joy that he has returned, runs out to meet him on the road, embraces him, kisses him, and is overjoyed to have his son home again. This is the image Jesus presents to us of our Heavenly Father's love. It is the image of a God who wants to be found. The God, James says, will draw near to us if we draw near to him. He is the God who stands at the door and knocks and is prepared to come in and eat with anyone who opens the door of their heart. Secondly, in preparing our garden, we must do some clearing and building. Well, Brother Pastor, how do we do that? What exactly does it mean to seek God? In verse 8, after receiving Ezariah's message, we read this. When Asa heard these words of the prophecy of Azariah, son of Oded, the prophet, he took courage. He removed the detestable idols from the whole land of Judah and Benjamin and from the towns he had captured in the hills of Ephraim. 
He repaired the altar of the Lord that was in front of the portion of the Lord's temple. Asa interpreted the command to seek the Lord in two ways. First, he understood that he had to remove the obstacles that were preventing him from finding the Lord. So Asa eliminated the detestable idols from the land, all of the other gods, shrines, and temples that were complete that were competing with God for the people's devotion. You understand that? There are things that we must remove from our lives in order to see God, to find him. You know, they that saying, you know, we can't see the forest for the trees. Well, we've got to remove the forest. You could say that Asa was cleaning out his kingdom to make space for God. This was his way of preparing the garden, completing, removing the dead plants, the weeds, the debris, to make room for new growth. Seeking God means making room in our lives for him, cleaning out the garden, removing the idols and false gods of our kingdom. In a real sense, our lives are like kingdoms. We each have a kingdom, whether you know it or not, a sphere of authority, a realm that we control as a ruler. The borders of this kingdom vary for each person, but generally, we all have dominion over things like our time, our, bo- our bodies, our relationships, our homes, and especially our money. Like Isaiah's kingdom, sometimes our kingdoms need a thorough cleaning. They become infested with detestable things, idols and false gods, things that occupy God's proper place. To seek God means we make peace or we make space for him. We prepare our lives, our kingdoms for his presence to dwell with us. As per Patrick Morley said, the turning point in our lives is when we stop seeking the gods we want and start seeking the God he is. The turning point in our lives is when we stop seeking the gods we want and start seeking the God who is. The season of Lent is about walking through the hills and valleys of our kingdom and tearing down the idols we find there. It means acknowledging through confession those things in our lives that have taken the place of God and prevent us from finding him. 
Maybe it's a schedule so full there's no time for prayer. All right, all right. Maybe it's a schedule so full there's no time for prayer. Or a heart preoccupied with material things. Or a self-serving career that has stopped you from serving others. Lent is a time to clean out the debris in our lives to make room for new growth. Traditionally, people have done this through fasting, by releasing something in their lives that has a hold on them. Sometimes this is a food or a possession or activity. I have friends who are fasting from television during Lent. Not only are they resisting the cultural idol of television, but they are freezing up or freeing up their time to seek God and connect with others. They are preparing the soil of their lives for growth. Seeking God means clearing out the obstacles in our lives, whatever they may be. There's a second thing Asa did to seek God. He not only removed the idols in his kingdom, but he also repaired the altar to the Lord in front of the temple. The temple, of course, was where God was worshipped in ancient Israel. It is where the people went to encounter and commune with him. By rebuilding the altar, Asa was putting back in place a significant means of connecting with the Lord. Seeking God is not just about removing things from our kingdoms. It's also about building things, putting things in place that help connect us with the one we are seeking. These needs to be re- these things need to be removed and there needs to be building. We need to subtract some things so we may add others. We need to clear out the debris, but we also need to plant new seeds. Both are essential for growth. Vehicles that help us commune with God and experience his presence with us are called spiritual disciplines. They are practices that help us seek God. Things like prayer, solitude, meditating on scripture, fasting, serving others, giving hospitality, worship. Preparing a garden in the spring involves work. Discipline that pre- disciplines that prepare the soil to accept the seeds, sun and rain, that eventually generate growth. The same is true for, the, for Lent. Not only must we seek the Lord and clear and build the soil, thirdly, we must assemble ourselves. Say, assemble ourselves. I want to draw your attention to a discipline Asa used as he and his kingdom sought God. 
we see in it, verse 9 through 15, the discipline of assembling. In verse 9, we see that all the people of Judah gathered and Asa interrupted. No, excuse me. I tell you, be without glasses. You don't, you don't miss your water till the well runs dry. People from other countries joined them because they heard what Asa was up to. They all gathered in Jerusalem to express their intention to seek the Lord. Why is it important that they gather together for this? Couldn't they have made a commitment to seek God individually and privately? Something powerful happens when we gather together. We see that we are a part of something beyond ourselves. We, we are connected to others on their journey of seeking God we are less likely to give up when we assemble ourselves. God has intended us to be in community with others, together seeking him, rather than simply making private, personal resolutions during Lent, we can gather and resolve to seek God together and find through the strength of community, the ability to actually do it. Let's look more closely at what the people of Judah did at their assembly. First, the people honored the holiness of God. It says they offered sacrifices to him, which was an act of humility and submission. Next, we are told the people make a commitment a promise to seek the Lord. As we've already seen, this means removing obstacles and also moving toward God. Then in verse 14, we see that the people make an oath to God and there was loud accusation, shouting, and music. In verse 15, we discover the results of the people seeking. All Judah rejoiced about the oath because they had sworn and sworn it wholeheartedly. They sought God eagerly, and he was found by them. Azariah's words were proven true. Asa and all of Judah sought the Lord, and he let them find him, and they rejoiced. This is what Lent is all about. It's about finding the Lord once again and being found by him. But Asa's diligence in seeking the Lord did not end after assembling with the people. In fact, it appears to have become even more energized. The season served as a springboard for further cleansing of his kingdom. Look at verse 16 after removing the idols and building the altar. After assembling 
with the people. And after finding God, Asa then deposed his grandmother from her position as queen mother. Imagine that. He removed his grandmother. He came to see that she too was an obstacle preventing him and Judah from seeking God. He cut down her Ezra tree. It was a form of idol worship, and he also committed to schedule the temple or, or, or rebuild the temple with gold and silver. Asa's seeking of God by cleansing the kingdom and building altars continued and intensified. He found courage to do things he may have lacked earlier. It seems he found the courage to remove his own grandmother from power, but only after the assembly, after seeking and finding God. My brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers, what I want you to see is that seeking God is not a linear pursuit. It is cyclical. Seeking God means removing obstacles, building altars, and finding him, which is, which in turn gives us new courage to remove more obstacles, build new altars, and discover God in an even deeper way. Some have described Christian formation as being like a winding staircase. It repeats its cycle over and over, but with each cycle, we experience new heights of God's grace as we rise with each turn. We need to remember this during Lent. We need to see that the cycle of seeking and finding continues even beyond this 40-day period. It is the ongoing rhythm of the Christian life, and it should be evident in every season. In conclusion, in the spring, we prepare the garden. We clear the debris. We fertilize the soil, and we plant the seeds but there's still work to be done the, the rest of the year. Our effort does not end once summer begins. We still need to be pulled, brushes pruned, fruit gathered. Still the spring is set aside, especially for preparation, and our diligence at that time can determine how the rest of the year will go. So, it is with Lent. This is a season set aside for preparing our souls. C cleaning, debris, planting seeds. Like Asa, if you engage in this time of seeking, it may serve as a springboard for growth well beyond the present time. You may find that courage down the road 
to tackle obstacles you can't even identify right now. You may discover the joy of building new altars to God you didn't know you were capable of. I pray you will see this season why you will use this season wisely as a time of preparation for growth. Use this season to walk the hills and valleys of your life and identify the obstacles preventing you from seeking God. Put in place good disciplines that will help you connect with God. Use this season of Lent to truly seek the Lord, the one who is longing to be found. So my brothers and sisters and sisters and brothers, as I go to my seat, seek the Lord while he may be found. Clean and build your garden in season as well as out of season. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves on Sunday morning. Live stream is here to stay. And it's all right if you can't get here. But love your church as God loved it as his bride. Cycles of seeking are just that. It's about finding the Lord once again and being found by him. Goodbye, Second Baptist Church and live stream saints. May God bless you real good. But I need you to know, the reason I chose this to talk about Lent, because it's that period between winter and spring. And as a young man, I find myself too close to heaven. To my journey's end. But oh, I'm so close to mess around and lose my soul. I wouldn't take nothing for my, my journey right now. I've got to make it to heaven, to heaven somehow. But oh, I'm so close. I can almost see my Savior's face. But oh, I'm so close. I'll be shaking hands with all of my friends. Don't you know that I'm too close, hallelujah, to heaven. I won't turn around. I promised the Lord that I wouldn't turn around. What have you promised the Lord? I hope you've promised him you wouldn't turn around. God bless you. And heaven smile upon you. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. I want to thank Reverend Toller for breaking for us the bread of life uh, for today. And, you know, as I was sitting there and I saw him get up, didn't use his cane, and came up to the pulpit, was able to stand, amen. So all I can say is thank the Lord, amen, for the blessings. The Lord has brought Reverend Tola for a mighty long way. And he's not through with him yet, amen, as the Lord is not through with us as well. 
as he spoke about preparing our garden for growth. And any time that we look to the Lord for our guidance, for our strength, God will help you and he will grow your garden. Amen. Anybody need their garden grown today? Amen. We want to extend an invitation to those who are here as you stand with me this morning. There may be someone here today who has not received nor accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's important for us living in the times that we are living in, in these latter days, to make a choice, to make a decision who it is that you want to follow. If you're not following the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're following Satan, amen? And I want to tell you that when you turn it over to the Lord and let the Lord have his way, God is able to do some things in your life and to make things brand new. As our deacons go down the aisle, amen, their arms are outstretched and they are encouraging and trying to lift you up and to encourage that those who may not know Jesus personally as their Savior, to give their heart and their life to him, to admit that we are sinners. Lord, that I have sinned against you. And Lord, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm confessing even now with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you said in your word that if we do so and believe it upon your son, thou shalt be saved. For those who are listening by live stream today, if the Lord is speaking just to you and you need your garden to grow, then we ask that you would reach out to us, amen, and to let us know we would be happy to commune with you, to, to disciple you, to help you get to that place where you totally turn it over to the Lord. Amen. So if you have not totally turned it over to the Lord, you need to do so for today. You may be living in this community and you don't have a church home. We invite and encourage you to United Fellowship here at Second Baptist. We would love to have you. Amen. Just giving God praise and glory and thanking him for all things. Come on, let's put our hands together. Give God praise. What a mighty God that we serve. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you, Reverend Toller. Amen. Oh, no. 
before you leave for today, we want to remind you that on next Sunday, so I pray, have a great uh, congregation out here for today uh, who have assembled themselves. Next Sunday after church, we're going to have our Christ and cultural humility. We invite and encourage each and every one of you. Okay, let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We thank you for this special time that you've given us uh, for today, God. We thank you for the word that has been shared for us, God. And praying, Lord God, as we open up our hearts, our ears, our minds, our soul, Lord God, to realize that if we seek you, then we will be found. And so, God, we just want to say thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for Reverend Toller for sharing with us for today, uh, asking a blessing upon his family as well, Lord God, and to the Second Baptist Church of Doylestown family. We thank God for each and every one of you. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May he make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon thee and give thee peace both now and forevermore. Let the church say amen. 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 May God bless you. Heaven smile upon you.